Welcome to the Holistic Icon Podcast, hosted by Dr. Nisha Chellam, a board-certified internist and holistic medicine specialist who understands the science of disease and the art of healing. Every week, Dr. Nisha gives you tips on how to take control of your health, because you are your best doctor. Here's your host and author of Transform Your Thyroid, Dr. Nisha Chellam. This is Dr. Chalam and Marina from Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi. And as always, we are here for our Wednesday podcast. And what we're going to talk about today, because this has become quite um, an issue for um, us as functional medical doctors trying to figure out what people want. And there's a lot of confusion with all of the words, right? Yeah, I think a lot of times we get a call of like, oh, is she holistic? And then you start asking questions, and I don't think the person actually even knows what it is that they're looking for. What does holistic mean? Everyone has their own definition of it, pretty much. So, so we're going to give you our definition of it. And um, should we start with the definition of conventional medicine is first? It's true. We will. We will start with that. But we're also going to tell you, I try to look up articles, guys. But usually before a podcast, I try to look up articles. The word functional medicine does not show up on PubMed. <laughs> I know we're not legitimate we're not legitimate yeah and the other part uh, that does show up is integrative and holistic so we'll address what conventional medicine integrative and holistic and what functional medicine is and why is it not even um, something that's available on PubMed um, however Cleveland Clinic which um, we all would consider consider a reputable place to go for your medical care mm-hmm. does have a whole growing department of functional medicine. So yeah. let's give you an idea of what traditional medicine is. So the traditional medical school, when you go back to the 1920s, uh, was a failing entity, uh, mainly because uh, people go have a doctor, they look at the symptoms and they talk to them about lifestyle. They give them a pill or two, and at that time, I think uh, weed was available as a medicine. And right now, as was cocaine. Uh, But, you know, things have evolved after, um, I think, Andrew Carnegie um, and um, what's the other, Rockefeller. They had a chemical factory, and they sent out, uh, it's called the Flexner Report. They decided no other form of medicine should be practiced in the United States except the traditional form where you have a diagnosis and you connect it to a drug. To fund their chemical plant. Chemical plant, because that could be converted to a pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's that's like a shorter, short version. There's lots more to it because um, the person who went around was not a pharmacist, um, but a pharmacist's brother. He was a businessman, and this is what we they felt was the best business model for the guys who made chemicals. So we Just to reiterate, your medical system is based off of a business plan. It, it has, and I think most people understand that, because what happens today is when you buy an insurance and when you buy what is called um, uh, an HMO, like because the premiums are low, and because I'm searching for insurance myself, one of the biggest thing is it's a business transaction. What is my premium? What are my deductibles? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to them about who is my doctor. That is a completely a business transaction, but we do a business transaction and then we say, I want to get great care. You never asked about your care. 
You just want to know what is my premium, what is my deductible, what am I covered for, am I covered for doctor's visits, am I covered for hospitalizations? You're all, the questions you're asking, am I covered for my drugs? A is for disease management. Mm -hmm. So those of you who complain high and low about how the medical system is failing you, you are setting it up for yourself because that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a medical system that will only charge you per visit and doesn't care matter who the doctor is, what is the least amount I need to pay uh, to maintain a medical coverage. And then you don't even know, you get into this medical insurance world by just looking at the premium, not realizing there's a lot more cost that comes in. And as I was talking to the rep, I realized he was only giving me the barest minimum. When I told him, send me the papers before I agree to something, it's when I looked at the papers, I realized there was far more than what he was telling me that I was going to pay for. So that's why most people are angry when they come to a practice that actually takes cash because they want everything covered by your insurance. Your insurance was never designed to cover you to get better. It was designed to cover to help you get over a crisis. As long as you understand that, that is traditional medicine. And the traditional medical doctor's training is really very, very good in diagnosing a disease. You have 10 symptoms. How do we put these symptoms together and give you a diagnosis? That is what a medical doctor, and the faster he can get to the diagnosis, she can get to the diagnosis. The number of um, right tests that will give you the diagnosis, that's what makes a medical doctor a great doctor. It's never been about, hey, I went to my doctor with high blood sugars or diabetes, and now my blood sugars are under control and I don't have to take a medication because they found the reason why I'm a diabetic. That is not traditional medicine. And I emphasize this because patients come to us uh, looking for a different approach, but they want to pay with the same system that manages their disease. Number one. Number two, they look for a different approach. And then they look at the blood test that I'm going to order. They find, oh, it's a little different. Can my doctor order these tests? Your doctor can absolutely order any test that I write for. But they have no clue how to interpret it because that's not what they're trained to do. Some of these tests are not even FDA approved uh, as traditional. Like, you know, they, they say they need more studies. But actually, there are studies out there. It's just they're not willing to look at it and they don't want to spend so much money. So when I ordered a test, if you are going to take that test to your doctor and do it, you still need to find somebody who will interpret it. Because I had a patient who came the, um, about a day ago mm -hmm. and uh, she brought all the blood tests. She said, I've been having these symptoms. My doctor's done all the tests. Everything's normal. I looked at the blood test. This doctor had actually ordered all the right tests. She was highly gluten sensitive, but it wasn't by any means normal. And that's the problem. So she's walking around with six months of abnormal blood test thinking there's nothing wrong with her. The blood tests are not showing, but the blood test showed it, except that the doctor did not know how to interpret it. So you need to understand the traditional doctor's training path is pathology. What pathology does this person have? Where do these symptoms fit? And what is the name I can give these symptoms? What is the disease name I can give? Number one, very much like a flow chart. Yeah. It's like a, a process, right? So predictable flow. 
I have 10 people with high blood sugars. I do two tests to see if this diabetes or this is pre-diabetes. Once I come to that conclusion, I put them on the same medications. There's no question of how is this diabetic A different from diabetic B. Mm -hmm. So that is your conventional medicine. So don't confuse that and go around saying, you know, I'm going to go to my doctor. I'm going to get all these tests done. You can, and I find people lose decades, decades with the wrong diagnosis and decades of taking mm -hmm. the wrong medications, not feeling well, actually some of them getting worse before they come to us. And we really need to get educated about this. And I'm, I can be very emphatic and I'm willing to take on any physician who will say that, you know what, we are the only form of medicine. Medicine can be looked at, when I say medicine, it's a medical practice, can be looked at two different ways. One is that the end results, like when you have dementia, oh my God, I got all these greatest drugs at, for dementia. In fact, one of the latest studies that they posted recently was ultrasound treatment for um, um, Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And they found that the woman actually so, uh, recovered from Alzheimer's. How cool is that? But how the hell did those clocks get into her brain? We still haven't addressed that. So are you going to keep ultrasounding her brain and at one point try her brain? You don't know the answer to that question. We don't know the answer to the question. So we're going to have a B line for everybody saying, oh, I, I get dementia. I have this ultrasound treatment I can go through. I have arthritis. I can get my knee replaced. Those are not great solutions. And let me tell you even examples like, you know, when people are struggling with knee pain, they get their joints replaced. It's remarkable how they don't have pain anymore. Then they develop five years down the, lane, uh, uh, the road of Hashimoto's. And they're trying to figure out, I mean, I feel awesome. My arthritis went away. I got new joints, bionic joints. <laughs> but the titanium in that actually triggers off your immune system because you never address the root cause of your arthritis. And that same thing said, okay, now I can't hit the joint because that's bionic. Let's go to the weakest part of the body, which would be your thyroid. And now you have Hashimoto's. Do you understand? So a lot of times we're not looking at the root cause. We're looking at an immediate solution for the ultimate problem. That is what conventional medicine is. So disease, diagnosis of a disease connecting to a drug is conventional medicine. Or a procedure. Or a procedure. Yeah, either we take it out or we manage it. Those are the only two options when it comes to traditional medicine. What is integrative medicine? Integrative medicine is the word integrative means we are integrating other modalities. And what are the other modalities we can integrate? Uh, acupuncture, hypnotherapy, energy work, massage therapy. All of these can be integrated in conjunction with traditional medicine. So let's say you have um, uh, uh, multiple sclerosis, okay? You have a plaques in your brain. The doctor puts you on the medication, the injection to reduce your immune system from fighting against your brain or destroying your brain. And then also sends you to the acupuncturist so you continue to feel your energy, less pain. And then you have a massage therapist to help you with your muscle relaxation and then give you some Chinese herbs so you don't uh, need so much of the traditional medicine. That is where integrating other modalities so quality of life will improve but the disease does not necessarily go away. Because again there we're doing everything within our these are called tools. When you use supplements, when you use acupuncture, when you use hypnotherapy, they're called 
tools to manage, except that they're all not synthetic chemicals like traditional or conventional medicine where you use only synthetic chemicals. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, almost yeah. more like a little bit more open-minded potentially yeah. they're probably. saying there are other modalities that will help mm-hmm. they call it complementary medicine yeah. mm-hmm. in other words you're complementing the traditional medicine and there are enough of uh, this enough data about migraine headaches multiple sclerosis pain management for complementary medicine to actually um work now the at the last portion, which is we call holistic medicine, this is where most people confuse us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know my name says holistic and integrative center of Novi. I have to be honest with you guys. Holistic is a buzzword. Nobody would say we are the functional medical center of Novi. Nobody would have shown up. <laughs> so at least we get you to pick up the phone and say, hey, what do you do? So the word holistic means you take into account mind, body, and spirit of the person. So there's a little bit of getting to the root cause. Like if you are, um, you had an adverse childhood event, and then you're trying to figure out, okay, I have the adverse childhood event, and that's at the back of my mind that has shaped my beliefs, and therefore I'm making certain choices that is giving me the disease. Now that would be like we're looking at it holistically, but we're also looking at it only from one point. We're not looking at what are the dysfunctions that are biochemical dysfunctions that are happening because of the stressor. Now, very few people can overcome this by little meditation, yoga, but they have to constantly do it because, again, you have not got your cells to function at its peak. Um, And holistic practitioner, again, can be complementary too. Mm-hmm. energy work, uh, acupuncturist, homeopathic practitioner. You could have a holistic um, therapist, a holistic psychologist, even some of them. You know, Correct. It just depends on how they kind of look at things. And the one thing is conventional medicine is very segmented. Like I'm going to look at your heart and only your heart. It's separate from your gut and it's separate from, you know, every other the organ. The reductionist therapy. Exactly. Yeah. That's a little bit more conventional thinking, mm-hmm. whereas holistic is like, okay, we know that all these parts are interconnected. How do we address everything at once? Right. It's a little bit more of a different way of looking at it. Uh, and a holistic uh, uh, practitioner does not have to be a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, so, and neither does a functional medical practitioner. They call it a functional medical practitioner. But I can say, probably say, I'm both an MD and a functional medical doctor. Because that's what I have done. So, Getting back to the holistic, like you said, we look at the mind, body, spirit. The only difference is, yes, we are connecting all of this together as the other extreme being functional, uh, the conventional medicine, which just looks at the heart as, oh, you have heart disease. And they don't even do your genetic testing. They'll say, oh, your father had heart disease, therefore you have heart disease. Mm -hmm. Or your mother had arthritis, therefore you have arthritis. And we're not even looking at it. I I can tell you the number of people who walk into our office and say, oh, my father had it, therefore I have a genetic trait. And we do their blood test and there is no genetic trait. The only thing you inherited from your father was the way he ate. And you're eating the same way, therefore you're having the same problem. So getting back to holistic, yes, there is a mind-body-spirit connection, but at the same time, they're not addressing necessarily the root cause of what might be disrupted in your system. Um, So really what we like to encourage 
people to go. Um, and then the other thing about holistic practitioners can be also, and there are several practices that do this. You go to a holistic, so-called holistic practitioner, you get diagnosed with a disease. Like, um, say, um, I have fibromyalgia, kind of a non-specific aches and pains. You touch me, I feel pain kind of a situation. The holistic practitioner will say, okay, these are the supplements I need you to take. We need to fix your gut. We need to fix your liver. And so you walk out with about five different um, medications, scripts, or supplement scripts because it's natural. And then you walk out with uh, modalities like uh, ozone therapy or um, some kind of a beamer, the electromagnetic. I'm not saying these things don't work. I'm just saying you're walking in with the holistic practitioner. Again, you're managing these symptoms. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You're managing them. The only difference between a holistic practitioner who does that kind of an approach and a conventional doctor, the conventional doctor uses chemicals which have instantaneous results. The holistic practitioner uses natural resources, but you have to continue to take that. And before you know, people are taking $200, $300 worth of supplements a month, and if they stop it, they feel bad. Because you never address the root cause of why you have the symptoms. You never fix it. just mask it with a supplement. Yeah. And you get the feeling, hey, I'm taking something natural. Now, there are other modalities like where they do the brain training and, you know, people can get the wiring the same uh, effect as when you do meditation or yoga. Uh, your brain cells do get rewired and you feel better. And I think that's awesome, too. But again, you want to sustain because whatever triggered off the initial insult, we need to put an end to that. You need to identify what kind of an insult put you in that mode. And that's where functional medicine comes. And I've said this before, those of you who've come to our uh, seminars, there are only two questions a functional medical doctor has to ask. What does this person need? Or what does this person need to remove? And the only way I can answer those questions is first, listen to your story. How do you get to this point? What were the events in your life? We call them triggers. And then we call what we call mediators is when you have a trigger, what is keeping you in that state of disease? What is allowing you to continue with that state of disease um, and not a kind of uh, go past that disease. Like if you get a cut, we all know it heals. But if the cut does not heal, you constantly have swelling and pain, you need to see why am I having swelling and pain? For instance, um, a shoe, um, like when the shoe bites your foot, they call it shoe biting, right? When you buy a new shoe and it's tight and your food, foot gets inflamed and swollen. I've never and, heard this term Well, <laughs> I call it the shoe bite. So your shoe is biting you and Sometimes these shoes are not viable. If you keep wearing the same shoe over and over again, you're going to land up with a foot ulcer. Mm-hmm. So you need to remove the mediator. The mediator, the trigger was the shoe. The mediators, you continue to wear through the <laughs> shoe, right? You make, uh, does that make sense? So we look for the triggers and mediators, number one. Number two, we look at how your body is responding to it. So one person might respond to the stress by having high blood sugars. Another person can respond to the stress by having high blood pressure. Another person can respond to the same stress by having anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then now you have all these diagnoses, the diabetes, hypertension, anxiety. 
you got to look at where the first domino fell, which is your very first trigger. And it could be something that happened at the age of five, like you lost your cat, or like I've said that before, or, um, you know, your mom left you for five hours and you thought she had left you forever or something like that. Those are the things. And that creates an impression in your brain and you never get over it. Does that make sense? So we look for what does this person need to remove? It may be a bad, crappy memory. Yeah, right? A relationship. <laughs> Usually a relationship. So we talk about feelings and emotions. A feeling is something that you get when uh, something happens. Like I walk and I slap you. You're angry. You're confused. You're like, what happened? And then... I forget about it. I'm bipolar. Just let's take it. And, and somebody takes a slip and says, oh, Dr. Chalo said she was bipolar. <laughs> she admitted it. <laughs> she admitted it. I know. No, let's say I was bipolar. I forgot about that. I slapped Marina. And then, uh, I don't know where any of this is going, by the way. <laughs> One week later, I see Marina and I say, hi, and I'm all friendly and warm. And she's like, oh, my God, she just slapped me last week. That's an emotion. Do you understand? You The first time you had it was a feeling. The second time, I'm not slapping you. I'm actually being nice to you, but you have that emotion. I'm anxious now. Right. Well, now I'm going to be anxious coming in the door. <laughs> That's true. But I'm just saying, so this is how we live our lives because something happens years ago and that still... We live our lives like it's happening right now to us. And that's like a chemical thing that even happens in your brain. When you have const this constant stress, your body depletes minerals. And so it's not just this foo oh, you have a memory and you can't get over no. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. it years ago or something like that. There's physical changes in your body that occur. And your brain, and actually. Your brain. Mm-hmm. Post-traumatic stress disorder, when you do the uh, a scan of the brain, there's actually a physical change in the brain. And that's why we have our veterans, um, will, um, the, the veterans who say they have PTSD um, is pretty much, they feel it. Like, they come from a war zone. A lot of gunfire, constantly having to protect themselves and their friends. They come here, they hear, they see a car passing by, and if the car tire busts and there's a big sound, that memory gets triggered of gunfire. So it's a serious thing. It's an actual thing, but there are ways. What we have to learn to do, we have to identify that there is a problem. Number one, we got to identify it. Number two, we got to resolve it. By giving a medication, you're suppressing it, but it never goes away. And, you know, you can take a medicine and feel like, oh, I feel so much better. But anybody who's taken anti-anxiety, anti-depressions will tell you six months later, they need more. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or there's, there's no end. To there's, no, there's no end. Or they need a different one. Or they need the latest one. Or they need... And you're constantly going to your therapist, constantly going to your psychiatrist, constantly going to your doctor to manage the blood pressure. Sometimes people come to us with 30 years of high blood pressure. I may not be able to help them, but at least we can get them to a better state, like lesser medicine, we can control it. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to understand, functional medicine requires... For a good functional medical doctor requires a good knowledge of the biochemistry physiology of the body and also understand the pathology. That's why we call it the science of medicine and the art of healing. Because we need to see how do we get this person's disease or pathological state back 
to a functional physiological state. That's why we call it functional medicine, getting you back to functioning as normal as possible. Um, so number one, we're looking at what does this person need to remove? So we may need to remove memory. And what does this person need to add? So it could be, like you said, loss of minerals from chronic stress or loss of vitamins or loss of not getting the proper nutrition, getting into the gut imbalances, getting to inflammation. This is where we look at what is feeding that tree that's creating all these problems. So why do some people have diabetes? Why do some people have rheumatoid arthritis? Why do some people have hypertension? That is where your genetics play a role. Mm -hmm. So you have a stressor, you have a strong genetic trait for heart disease, you're going to have heart disease. It's not because it runs in your family. Yes, you, are, you will have heart disease because your environment is the same and your predisposition is the same. It's a subject called epigenetics, environment connecting to your genes, the environment talking to you genes and asking them, asking the genes to talk back to the environment and only the specific gene that responds to that environment will talk. So for example, there's, you have their arthritic gene. So you have this gene that, you know, most people will say, oh, I have the arthritis gene. I'm going to get arthritis. So if you have this arthritic gene and you're obese and, um, you're still eating gluten if you're sensitive to it. Right. right. So your environment is bad. You've had a bad diet. You've had a bad environment. You have a 60% increased chance of getting arthritis. Mm -hmm. However, if you have that same gene, you're not obese, um, you know, you don't have high cholesterol, you don't have high blood pressure, you only have a 2% chance of having arthritis. So there's a huge disparity there that all has to do with environment, not your genetics. It depends on what information you put in, basically. Right. And there are actually only seven genetically, oh, what do you call, um, genetically determined diseases, even the environment may not uh, change. Um, but at the same time, environment, changing the environment will make that person more comfortable, even with the disease. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times we don't talk enough. We don't teach doctors about nutrition. We don't ask our patients about their nutrition. We don't ask them about their life. In fact, I used to be scared to ask about social history, like you're married, uh, are you abused at home? And I didn't want to, if anybody said yes, I didn't know what to do with it in the past before I learned functional medicine. Now I realize all of these aspects, these are the spokes of the same wheel. That wheel will not work if one of those spokes is out of alignment. And you're putting more pressure on the other spokes. That's another way to look at it is if, you, so you have a bad relationship that focuses out all of the other aspects of your life now have all this added pressure and mm -hmm. they're going to burst under that pressure if you don't fix it. Yeah, that once focus disordered, you may be able to drive for so long, but eventually what happens is it does affect the other spokes. All the other spokes will bend and then it becomes a chronic problem. You need a new wheel. In other words, you need a new life. So <laughs> that's the problem. Most people come to us when they need a whole new life and not when they need that one spoke mm -hmm. removed and fixed. So who should you go to? If you're one of those who is um, capable of taking good care of yourself, you actually exercise, you eat healthy, you have great relationships, you have that ideal life. And let me tell you, I haven't met one person who has that. You can go to a conventional medical doctor because all you need is your regular routine blood test. You feel fine. That's so probably be fine. a person who's grown up in the jungle eating 
berries and fruit. Or in the and farm, a good farm. Yeah, running around all their life eating dirt. You don't need a doctor. <laughs> you don't need a doctor. So if you are like the rest of us living a regular um, life, you have stressors, you get food sometimes that's made by somebody else, food sometimes you make, sometimes you make uh, Sarah Lee semi-homemade cooking, then you probably need to look into what your blood tests say. Uh, going to a holistic practitioner is fine. It'll keep you somewhat sane. In fact, I think we had actually um, somebody who does practice holistic medicine or some form of holistic, whether it be massage and energy work. She joined our program. And I have no idea why she joined our program because she was so into And she's been always had a holistic doctor where she goes visit by visit for years, paying $400 a year getting about 10 supplements, but there's something off. So she came to me. She said, I really like the fact that you walked through this program. I, I would really love to be a part of this. And she came and she said, holy crap. I didn't know I had to lose weight. I didn't want to lose weight, but I lost this weight and I feel fabulous. And actually, we didn't think, we didn't work with her for weight loss. We worked with her for energy issues. And so what you need to understand is sometimes getting to the bio chemistry of the person is very important and getting to a physician i know now nutrition uh, coaches and wellness coaches they all have access to blood work and they can use a doctor's license order the blood work a true interpretation of that blood work requires a functional medical doctor and i am very open about it i will not uh, pretend like you know if somebody wants to take me on and say no i do know this better than you do please i will be happy but <laughs> Another physician, yes, might know somebody like a cardiology functional medical doctor may know a little more deeper into the cardiological evaluation than I do. But as far as medicine goes and the overview of how to address these things is something most functional medical doctors are well trained in. Mm -hmm. um, without blood tests, we don't necessarily give you a diagnosis. And so what I want people to understand is go to the right doctor. If you want an overall view of, hey, where am I? What is wrong with me? Go to a doctor who can actually read your blood test, put your story, connect your story to your blood test. And I can tell you, as a physician, I cannot help anybody on my own. I need a team. I look for like a nutrition coach. I have a um, wellness coach, um, like Kim is a brain. Um, she's a high performance coach because it's a mindset. Mm -hmm. I need a fitness trainer. I do need a yoga teacher. I, I put in all of this. I have a team that will work to help our patients get better. What I do is I create the plan because I know exactly what the pathology is and how it has affected. What are the triggers? What are the mediators? And then I hand it over and say, hey, these are the different spokes that need some attention. Can you tend to that so we can get this wheel working smoothly? And that's really what um, pretty much as a functional medical doctor I do. Now, if there's a functional medical doctor out there who says I can do everything, kudos to them. I don't think I have, um, I've gone in depth as far as nutrition as you have or gone into um uh, you know uh, brain training as kim has done because those are your specialties we add that i see a few questions rolling and i let's start, start with the first one Rene uh Rene uh, has asked when is your next workshop i believe it's two weeks from now yes yeah, so correct. 
uh, our next workshop next week is Thanksgiving. So the week after it'll be Wednesday, the 28th of November at 6 p.m. So if you guys are in the Metro Detroit area, um, we do a workshop where we actually kind of walk you through this process of your health history and figure out what are your triggers, what are your mediators, where is all of this stemming from, so you can actually connect it yourself. Um, and then Dr. Chalm will go over that with you. Um, yeah, if you want a five-minute consult with me that particular day, we'll run over and we'll tell you what are the next steps. Um, uh, next week is a seminar, which means if you want to know a little more about thyroid or autoimmune processes, that's what we will do. That's our usual seminar where we educate um, the public. The other question, and hi, Nancy. Um, uh, good to see you. Let's see. Michelle has, uh, uh, what, uh, do you test for mold and heavy metal toxicity? Absolutely. Yes, we do. And a lot of times the history should give us, if most people do um, understand that they may have lived in an atmosphere where they were exposed to mold or they have worked in an atmosphere, they have been exposed to heavy metals or they're heavy fish eaters. And you know, as much as we all love uh, fish, um, majority of the sea food is uh, polluted with what we call POPs, persistent organic pollutants, because we dump everything into the sea. Um, most of us are careless about the environment. I include myself. There are times I'm just so busy, I just want to throw stuff uh, out. And then, of course, the mercury um, poisoning, which comes from the bigger fatty fish that have more omega-3 actually have more mercury. Mm -hmm. And that's why we tell you, at least in our practice, we ask our clients to eat it just twice a month as opposed to eating it uh, 12 ounces every week. I think 12 ounces every week still might be a little too much. And women of reproductive age group, we actually ask you to reduce your intake, um, even though there are omega-3s. And when we do omega-3s, we try to use the algae, um, though I think algae also has a lot of mercury poisoning. So there's no really good way other than focusing, uh, just like how we focus on our financial health, we should focus on our physical and mental health on a constant basis. This is really a constantly an evolving thing that you need to be interested in. It's not something you should be taking care of it only when there is a crisis. And we, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, just going back to the pollution thing, like, you know, we really can't get around it. Yeah. Um, to be aware of it and hopefully maybe vote for certain things that help to reduce the pollution in your environment because it does affect you. Um, but the other piece of that is getting your body to a point where it can deal with these things mm -hmm. too. Yes. So it's not just avoidance, but um, what does your body need to be, and you can't necessarily flush out mercury on your own. You do need a little bit of extra stuff, but you know, all sorts of other things like you're having pollution from cars and from your soil and all over the place, your body is able to deal with it. Your detox systems are able to deal with it. They need to have what they need. You to support the detox it. systems, mm -hmm. basically. And then it, that's another part of it is genetics. You may be genetically a slow detoxer. And then when your load of toxins gets high, then you tend to slowly detox. So looking at your detox profile is very important. Why do 10 people who live in the same household, three get affected by the mold and another remaining seven have nothing from the mold? It's again, their system works differently. So how can you get your system to the point where none of this matters? Because stressors, guys, are absolutely 100% guaranteed. Your response to stressor has to change. 
And if you don't have the capacity physically to change your stressor, we have to optimize it. That is what functional medicine should be all about. We can't stop your triggers. We may not be able to remove your mediators, for instance, if your child is toxic. I don't know how many mothers will say, the hell with my five-year-old. <laughs> no, you're going to learn to figure out that relationship and grow it and try to get the child to be less toxic to you, if I can put it that way. I'm sorry if anybody has small kids. My kids are grown up. But in general, we, we try to do that. And uh, does elimination frequency improve toxicity? When you call about, uh, uh, when you say uh, elimination frequency, I don't know what you mean. Are you talking about having a good bowel moment on a regular basis? Um, toxicity are of different types, right? Like mercury toxicity, it does not require, it's not simply about just elimination. You may have to actually bind and convert it and get it out of your system. That's the chelation part of it. Uh, so you have to chelate sometimes certain things. But in general, yes, uh, good bowel movements really are a mark of good health. When we talk not, not about, you know, I have people who come to us, uh, they say, oh, I have regular bowel movements, but they're not really good bowel movements till they get on the program and suddenly realize things have changed. Um, so uh, I hope I answered that question, Renee. So, yes, it's not just simply bowel movements. It has to be about your capacity to detox so a toxin gets into you if your liver is in great shape this is your strongest detox organ and it converts all this toxicity into something that's um, less toxic and then your bowels and your kidneys work well so they eliminate the toxicity then you feel better that's why people with kidney failure they become dark with time with the dialysis and they're not effectively able to remove a lot of things and they get fatigued and after 10 years of dialysis, they actually get tired and they quit, um, literally, because it's, it's very harsh on them. So if your body can work on its own in terms of eliminating and can you improve the function of each of your organs, nature has given us everything for us to withstand these stresses. We got to take care of these organs to the best of our ability. It doesn't mean that you're going to live forever looking young. It means you're going to age, but you're going to be, uh, you're probably going to die when your heart stops beating. That's how you should die. You should never die because every organ in your body is diseased. And sometimes it starts up very early. And we're getting people in the 30s with oh, yeah. thyroid disorders. Now, even as early as in their teens with enlargement of the thyroid, mm -hmm. menstrual abnormalities, these are all symptoms that tell me that your system needs some support. Our job as a functional medical doctor is not to give you supplements, but to look at what is the support it needs and why does it need that kind of a support? Why is your body not getting it from the food that you're eating or from your environment and shift that and get you to do better, get you to detox a little better? And sometimes you may have to check if you have a very poor detox system genetically, you're wired to do that, then we... Uh, uh, recommend yearly blood tests but otherwise i think if it was just an incident you know you had a terrible marriage and everything went to hell for the last 10 years you were in the marriage now you're out of it you're just going to reset and you have good genetics but you've changed your environment then you may not need it like as frequently mm -hmm. so again we look at your personalized story your personalized situation your genetics your environment and um 
what are your triggers and what is uh, mediating or prolonging your disease process. Try to address them in a stepwise manner so it becomes a consistent change for you. And trust me, guys, this is a long process. It's not something like you go to the doctor twice a year, uh, get a blood check and get a whole bunch of supplements. That never cuts it. It has to be about understanding what your uh, blueprint is and what should you be doing in order to feel better. So if there are any other questions and is there anything that I haven't addressed? I just think going back to the point of um, looking at people who are younger and younger coming in, you need to listen to your symptoms. So if you are in your 30s or 40s and you're fatigued or you have PCOS and fertility, like things like that, those are huge signs that there's an underlying imbalance, there's an underlying problem. If you address it, then it's much easier than when you're addressing it at 50, 60 years old when it's progressive mm-hmm. diabetes and all this other stuff and cancer and things like that. Right. So, right. you know, it's up to you. Um, hopefully, uh, take your symptoms and understand that there's something that can be done and it's not a medication. There's another solution there. Absolutely. Um, and what do you have for nutrition today? Nutrition, because it's freezing here in Michigan in November and it's like 14 degrees. Um, so, <laughs> again, make sure your immune system is working. So, um we're going to focus on elderberry syrup today. So really great for immune support. It has antioxidants, particularly anthocyanins, um, which is what gives it that really dark purple color. Um, so these help the body to enhance its immune response. So if you are sick or to prevent getting sick, now it's flu and virus season. Everyone's walking around all gross. Um, it's a very potent antiviral as well. So the chemicals in the elderberry actually stop a virus from being able to enter your cell mm. and replicate. Um, it actually kills it off that way, which antibiotics cannot do. So <laughs> That's true. Actually, antivirals, um, I think they stop the replication. I don't think they go in and kill them, which is why... A lot of times when you get chicken pox, you get shingles years later, it's because of the virus stays in your mm-hmm. system and then gets reactivated. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we ever get rid of viruses, traditionally speaking. And that's why a lot of uh, holistic and functional medical doctors talks about, talk about EBV virus as one of the only reasons why you have problems. It's one of the reasons, it's one of the stressors we look for, but really why is your immunity low, right? And so it looks like the elderberry syrup will help your immunity. So does homeopathic treatments. We had uh, um, Uma Desai, the homeopathic uh, practitioner who went over how we educate the immune system and actually get it to uh, help you overcome a lot of these things, especially during the winter season. So this is actually just a home remedy that you can do too. And you can buy it even over the counter. They mm-hmm. have these preparations. Um, my mother-in-law actually got me a really large jar that she made a home from her own garden. So I'm really excited to use that this season, but you can use it as prevention. So now that, you know, your kids at school and they're coming home all germy, um, taking a tablespoon every day is mm-hmm. good for prevention during like flu and cold seasons. Uh, if you already have the flu, it can help to um, alleviate a lot of the symptoms. So you can do one tablespoon up to four times a day or just whatever the bottle says if you're buying it over the counter. Um, and it can help reduce inflammation and um, mucus and it helps like with runny noses, with fevers, um, coughing, things like that. So elderberry syrup is your little home remedy for a cold and flu season. Elderberry syrup or Sudafat? <laughs> you decide. They're both purple, but <laughs> I, I think we have an answer yeah. here. <laughs> okay. Uh, so once again, guys, if you found our information, please do share this video with friends and family. 
we do have a place on Vimeo where all these videos are housed. You can share it or go on to iTunes, subscribe to Holistic Icon iTunes. Um, get on to our website. By the way, we're very excited about our new website coming up. It's going to look awesome. It's going to be making it very easy for you to be educated. Uh, we'll have all the videos where you can go and listen and try to learn. And you know I'm uh, like a no-nonsense um, kind of a person. And if it's not science it's not going to come on my... Um, uh, it's going to be not going to be a part of my radar. Um, but um, what I... Uh, do a request is please support a practice like ours by just sharing the video sharing our website coming to our workshop coming to our seminar remember our website is holisticicon.com and once again thank you so much for joining us and asking all these wonderful questions and we'll continue to post those questions and we will answer them as we see them thank you once again take care next week bye bye guys Thank you for joining us on the Holistic Icon Podcast. Subscribe for the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes or visit holisticicon.com to listen to past episodes. Want to take control of your health and live a life of wellness? Dr. Chellum's best-selling book, Transform Your Thyroid, teaches you how to overcome fatigue, depression, weight gain, and more, and is available on amazon.com.